What's up, everyone? My name is Christian Baldanza de Tacchio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. And this is Tifosi Football Radio. Today on a Sunday evening, uh, we have a very special podcast today where we're going to recap match day 18. We're now halfway through City A. Uh, we also have a special guest with us, our TFC MLS insider, fellow Romanista, Nick Cottis. Nick, thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, boys. How's it going? How's it going? Been looking to get on here for a long time. Holy. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you. We're the, it's a It's a Another great voice on this podcast for today, so we're really happy. We're really excited. Yeah, after I showed you the lasagna shirt, you guys are excited. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, so Nick just bought a—he just got a Udinese lasagna shirt, and I told him he's going to be the proud owner of a City of B shirt next year. So whatever. Last-minute equalizer in the in the Euros, I'll tell you. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, so let's uh, let, let's jump right in because we got such a we got such a great podcast for you today. Um, so let's recap the games from match day 18. Uh, started off uh, obviously with a bit of a dud in the Derby della Capitale. A dud for who? <laughs> Roma. <laughs> Roma. Roma losing three nothing to Lazio. I don't think the. To be honest with you, I don't think the scoreline's fair. Lazio did. <laughs> no, it's it's not. It's not. It was. I'll tell you right now. If we're gonna break down this Roma game, it was at the end of the day. It was. It's three. We gifted Lazio the goals. Um, I think this game should have ended in a draw if it wasn't for those three mistakes. But uh, yeah, Roma falling three nothing. Not looking good. Um, Nick, what did you think about this game? Well. I mean, to be honest, like three mistakes, that's a lot. That's a lot of mistakes to capitalize on three goals. So, I mean, one mistake, okay, but three, oof, that's a a lot of mistakes. And, uh, you know, was it, uh, was that guy, uh, Lazari? Yeah, Lazari. He was was pulling up Ivan as left, right, and center. I mean, to be be fair, Ivan is, he's only 22, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's 22. I'm pretty sure he hasn't had these, this met, this much atmosphere, this much hype going toward a game. Can you imagine if the stadium was full? He would have buckled down and cried. Yeah. No, it's true. But see, this is the thing, Nick. With Ibanez, he's been a regular this whole season. So he's played against Inter. He's played against Atalanta. He's played in these big games against Juventus. And, and arguably their best defender. Yeah, and arguably our best defender. Thank you, Jules. Positive comment from Juliana. I'm shocked. But uh, <laughs> for him to show up in this game, this is, you know, as a fellow Romanista, this is the single, like these two games against Lazio in the season are like the two most important games on the Roman calendar. And to show up like this. On I mean, a, on I get excuse- it. He's, he's, he's the defender. He's played in big games. He's been consistent. But I mean, uh, like, uh, I understand that Lazio isn't exactly Juve. Yeah. But I mean, it's 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 Lazio. Like we're not. I'd rather him. Uh, I'd be okay with him giving up uh, that against Ronaldo than that against Lazari. That's for sure. Yeah. No, I agree. What did you think, Jules? Oh, I thought Lazio were amazing. I yeah, of course. I, you know, Roma. I saw right away. Virtu VR. They don't convince me. I don't think they're top midfielders. Um, every game that's been against the top opponent, the midfield gets overrun. Whether it's Pellegrini in there, Cristante, Vertu, Villar, whenever they're together, 
it's a disaster. These two specifically, and uh, Luis Alberto Milinkovic Savic just ripped them apart. Lazari ripped Spinazzola and Yabanez apart, and he I did. think uh, it showed when Fonseca took him off before the 60th minute. They took he took off both VR and Vertu, and yeah. uh, that was it. I think Roma made a huge mistake in their approach to the game, trying to control the ball, play possession, try and pin Lazio back. Lazio just, I think all three goals came through counterattacks. That's all it was. And the offensive transition, yeah, uh, which that, we know is Lazio's strong point. Yeah, that, that's all it was. It was three counterattacks. I think if we if we sat back and we played counterattack against Lazio and say, hey, you guys take the ball, I think it would have been a totally different game. No, I agree. Ibanez was Roma's uh, top player on the ball. He had the most touches yeah. out of any Roma player on the ball. Yeah, and he was by, he was one of the worst players in the Which game. Which <laughs> goes to show you the performance. But uh, yeah, well, what about, speaking of the possession, what was a 60-40 Roma? That's that's quite yeah. a yeah. I know. That's quite a that's quite a, that's quite a gap. It I is, know, but it's too it's too much possession, I think, for Roma. I don't think Roma have the players to play that style that Fonseca wants. Because it because no. every time they play that way, they got they've been smashed no. by no. the big teams. If you want to play possession, you got three guys that you can play possession with in Pedro, Pellegrini, and Mkhitaryan. But everyone else on the field cannot play a possession game for this Roma team. And I'm going to say it again. I know we've brought it up in previous episodes. Eden Zeko, your time's done. It, yeah, he's, it, he's it's done. done. It's done. Yeah. Give the torch to Borja Mayoral. I know he when he came on, he was ineffective as well, but what do you want from the guy? I think if he started from the start of the game, it would have been a different game. It really would have. I think so too. You know, uh, I feel bad for Paulo Lopez. Like, what do you want from the guy? The guy was left to ha- left hung out to dry for all three goals. Yeah. Nothing he's going to do on those. All three goals were perfectly placed. Yeah. All three. Yeah, they were. And, you know, credit to Lazio. They, this, this brings Lazio back into the top four conversation easily, I think. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm disappointed. Uh, we'll get into our predictions a little bit later. I still think Roma's going to make top four because we got some favors today. Thank you to Inter Milan. Thank you to Genoa. You know, if we keep getting the help along the way and we beat the teams below us, I think we're going to stick around there. But it's, we're going to have to win one of the one of these two, one of these four or five big games. Like we got to play Juve, Milan. We got to play everyone one more time. And you know, we got to really, really steal one of those games. Yeah. What? So, Christian, what did you think about the tactical approach from Fonseca, the team setup, the team formation? We talked about this in the we talked about this in the last podcast. It was but, it was predictable. Why, I, why does he keep why does he, why does he keep doing this though? This is all he knows. This is all he knows with this Roma team. Last year, he said I tried to play my style. And then I had to find a, a formation that worked with the players I had. He's convinced that a 3-4-2-1 is the style that this Roma team is capable of playing until he gets the players that he wants into this team. I think he should have gone with four at the back. It, 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 he should have even gone five at the back, in my opinion, because uh, you had you have a, a red-hot Lazio, Alberto, Casedo, Immobile, and like you said, like you said last podcast, this midfield's hot, red hot right now on Lazio. I would have clogged up the back, and I would have made it so difficult for them. And I would have played a counterattack. I would have gave them the ball and say, "Come at us." Because if Lazio were to play, if we were to play counterattack against Lazio and say, "Come at us," 
they wouldn't they would have struggled. The only reason they got those three goals is because they got it off a counterattack. Roman was totally exposed, and Lazzari ran his ran his tail off, and he he burned everybody. That that's what happened. Bottom line, it was a totally it was a totally missed approach on this game for Paulo Fonseca. And as much as I love the guy, as much as I credit the manager, you got to think that the Friedkin group is considering his job because yes, he's got Roma in a good place right now. But if you keep showing up like this, blown out by Lazio, blown out by Atalanta, escaping a tie with Inter Milan, tying but arguably should have won against Juventus, scraping out a tie against Milan, like these are results you need to get. You need to get more points out of these games. And is he the coach to do it? I don't know. But I, you got to you got to think that the Friedkin group, both Friedkins are thinking about this now. So would you say for them, you know, Mr. Fonseca is fourth or bust, fourth or higher or bust? It's a tough call because as we've been saying in this, in during the season, Roma's in a in a in a kind of in a rebuild where. Anything seventh and above is, I think, acceptable. I think if they get into the the new Europa Conference League or the Europa League spot, it's going to be a success for them because we're in a transition. I think next year you're going to definitely expect top four. There is the ideal target of making top four this year, but I don't know if you can go to Paulo Fonseca and say it's fourth or bust now. Yeah, it's it's so it's it's very difficult. And like you think of the teams that are in the running. I mean, Inter and Juve. Inter, Juve, Napoli, Milan, Roma, Lazio, Atalanta. That's seven yeah. teams. That's just, it's tough to get into the top four this year. It really is. So is that a realistic expectation? I don't know. Do I think Roma have what it takes to finish in fourth? If we get keep getting the favors that we're getting and, and, and getting help along the way, it's possible. But a result like this just makes it more difficult. So let's talk about Lazio a bit. What do we think about uh, what do we think about Luis Alberto? What he's become in City A? Monster. Arguably the best goal scorer from midfield probably in City A. Next to I'd say him and Rodrigo De Paul are probably the two best goal scoring midfielders. Uh, what do you think about this Lazio team, Nick? <sighs> to be honest, I saw the game and I just think the players on Lazio wanted it more. Do you so would you do you think Lazio's yeah. better player for player or do you think it's just a better team I think they're at a different period of soccer than Roma is right now yeah I, I definitely think that uh you know like do like uh, Christian said we're in a rebuild we don't really have an identity just yet yeah of what we really want to do and um you know, Lazio just like you could tell they were running more, they were at it more, right? They were saying, okay, well, this Roma seems to want to play possession, right? Yeah. And play possession all they want. I mean, they're gonna have Lazari breathe down the neck of a 22-year-old. Yeah. Right? It seemed like that was. Can you imagine if there were fans in there? I know. Oh, it yeah. seemed like that was a planned tactic by Simone Inzaghi. Yeah, you got to credit Simone Inzaghi on that. It was brilliant yeah, on his yeah, part. Definitely. Yeah. And Peperena too, I gotta say. Yeah, he made some big saves. Impressive. I think everyone probably th- thought uh, Strakosha would have been in that at this point, but Reina has kept him out between the sticks. Yeah, I like, I like Reina was. They were giving the ball a lot back to Reina, and Reina, yeah. you know, taking his time, placement, yeah. you know, 
picking out people. Like it was, it was, they're almost kind of had their time for building up play, you know, building yeah. from the back a little bit at one well, point. I think it was their first goal. It started from Reyna. It was, it was literally two passes right up. Yeah, See you later. Yep. Game long over. Ball. That's right? what, yeah. yeah. That's what they kept doing. That long ball through balls. They picked apart. Like I said, yeah. that, that Roman midfield does not provide enough protection in front of that defense. No, no they don't. They don't. And that's it's... right. This formation of having three up front. I don't like it. If you want to play possession, just in my books, I think you got to drop one of those front three back and, create a triangle in the midfield of some sort because uh and the, realistically the guy to go drop back and help that in the midfield is pellegrini because pellegrini can play there that's where pellegrini's realistically started right yeah. so yeah i mean it's a it's a frustrating loss for sure yeah you guys want to move on to the next game or yeah let's move on to the next game <laughs> yeah i can't, I you can't guys stomach are any more of this i can't i can't, I can't talk about it anymore but this oh. was a this was a big win bologna one nothing victors over Hellas verona Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't anticipate this, but no, wasn't really an wasn't really an exciting game, I would say. But uh, Bologna did just enough. Yeah, uh, both goalies were outstanding in this game. Silvestri, if it wasn't for him, the score would have been a lot higher. Skorupski, Skorupski, he made it. Wow, Skorupski. I think he had wow. to make. I think he had to make one save all game, but he made. It was a, a big one. A breakaway save. Yeah, it was a big, big save. Yeah. Uh, which would have tied the game. So he won. He essentially won them the three points. The the penalty. Did you guys see the penalty? I did I not did. see the penalty. No. Nick, did you? That was on uh, when he uh, went try to go around the keeper. On Soriano, yeah. Yeah, it, I saw that. It was one of those where Silvestri, he's playing the angle. He makes a challenge. He doesn't really. He doesn't go through Soriano. It's more so more so Soriano throws his foot into Silvestri's arm. And all game, Silvestri was arguing with the ref. At the end of the game, he approached Soriano. He's tapping his arm to say, listen, you kicked my arm. I didn't throw my arm into your leg. It was, you know, that famous little move Dybala likes to do, where he likes to stick a leg in yeah. to receive contact. It was one of those. The penalty was called, though, so it wasn't a clear and obvious error. So I guess I can see why VAR didn't uh, recall it. But, uh, yeah, that's that's. Well, what Orsolini steps up and buries. He did. This was probably his yeah. best game. Uh, this season, I think. For in a while. while. Yeah. In a while, for sure. But at the same time, with this Bologna team, we've said this through and through again, this team is so dependent on how Roberto Soriano played, and he was one of the best players on the field for Bologna, hands down. Uh, Tommy Yasu, too, yeah. stepped up in the in the, in the back there. So, uh, you know, Sinisa Mihailovic should be content with this victory here with Bologna. Yeah, this might be probably their first clean sheet, too, of the season. And, uh, That's their second. Second, yeah. Yeah, it's so, a big three points. It is the midfield. Yeah. The pressing from the midfield really impressed me too. I just want to bring up quick before we switch over. They yeah. completely clogged that middle. They pressed uh, the opposing midfield of Hellas Verona. They completely shut them down. Shoten, Dominguez, and Soriano, and that aspect were excellent. So. Yeah. Absolutely no, they were fantastic, and that's a crucial win for Bologna. Yes. I mean, they're now they're now sitting 12th in the table. They're they're seven points out of the relegation zone. So yeah. good, good for that. Canada's team. Canada's team. You know, for the Bologna. The cheeses. The cheese. You like ragotta the cheese? The cheese. <laughs> Get some like, cheese. What do you like on your ragotta cheese? <laughs> <laughs> Saputo cheese. <laughs> it's a good stuff. 
All right, let's move on to this big dud of a game. This was a huge missed opportunity. Torino tying Spezia 0-0. Oh, don't get me started. You know, uh, red... how can you go? How can you go red card? What six eighth minute? Eight minutes in. <laughs> eight yeah. minutes in. Okay. And not pound these got... guys. I know. It's uh, we lost Nick. Okay. Repite s'il vous plaît, Nick. Yeah, we hey, lost you there for a second. Now we yeah, can hear we you. Now you we back. Hear. We're oh, doing this on Skype, say... by the way, for everybody listening. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got, you got Italy's arguably number one striker, right, for the yeah. national team. Number two. You got. All right, number two. What Should have been, but he's number two. You Roma fans have but no I respect mean... for Lazio, eh? <laughs> oh, no, I said number two. I said number two. <laughs> but I mean, like you got. You're 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 up a man from the eighth minute, okay? You got a pretty good offense going. You got 67 possession here, okay? Like it's all it's all you. I saw the highlights. I watched a little bit of the game. I mean, uh, you know, shots on target. I mean, this is where it gets funny. Yeah. Because you have all this you have all this time to play with a man up, okay? You're giving it, but you're not really giving it. Okay, out of all that, since the, since the eighth minute for the whole game, you only managed six shots off target and only one shot on target. And this is a man up from from the eighth minute. Okay, somehow Spetsy gets three on target this whole game. With yeah, it's and really... looked the and when they did threaten the goal, they looked the most dangerous. They did, yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I think Giampaolo this. Ask big questions about him, whether he's fit yeah. enough for the job here. I think another bad result, he might be gone. Uh, even though he has turned fortunes around, this is embarrassing. This should be this automatic three points. Yeah. Uh, and it took really until Insaldi came on. Christian Insaldi did end up hitting the post yeah, before a spark was brought into the game. The 72nd minute, it took him that long to yeah. uh, start playing this game. But yeah, terrible to have one shot on net. Yeah, this this three That's five horrendous. two for this three five two for Torino doesn't work, and a big mistake that uh, that Giampaolo did is he didn't take Verdi off early enough. Verdi had a horrendous game playing side by side with Bellotti. You have Simone Zaza on the bench, and I believe you have uh, Bonazzoli as well, some somewhere on the bench there. And you you yes you bring on Zaza, but you brought him on way too late. You're up a man. Throw the strikers on. You're in the relegation zone. You need to go for it. You need to you need to put go all in on this game. And they blew it. This is a missed opportunity. Big yeah. time. More this concerned could come about... back to Anto. Oh yeah, hundred percent. They're more concerned about losing than winning. Yeah. The way they played Torino. That that's that's the wrong mentality to have. And you know which goalkeeper was the busy out of the both teams? The yeah. Torino goalkeeper. Sidigu, yeah. I know. Crazy. Sidigu, he had a, he, he's like, oh man. That's in, yeah, Shameful. almost almost 90 minutes, man up, and they can't yeah. one shot on target. It's a joke, Torino. It's yeah. a joke. That's gonna Perhaps. get them relegated if they keep that crap up. Exactly, exactly. Well, let let's stop talking about this game. Let's move on to the next game. Next Sampdoria. Favorite player. Ooh. Next favorite player. I, 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 got, I got a funny story. So if you look on the goal that Udine did, yeah, okay, it actually goes near lasagna and he puts his hand up like i didn't touch it like of course i'm not gonna score <laughs> he goes it wasn't me i'm I not know. the one who's gonna score here right can't score. i know <laughs> oh man lasagna uh, so, i think he's terrible no lasagna is terrible this i think this it just U- needs to come out of the oven right <laughs> I, this this udinese team the second that the paul if the paul goes this transfer window 
good luck. Yeah. Good luck. This team's on their way down because they're, they're, they've gone right back now. They, they were stubborn for a little while to concede goals, but now they've gone back to their old ways and they're conceding. They're leaking. Musso's terrible back there. Bonifazi's clearly struggling between Rodrigo Basayo and Samir. And everyone else, aside from Rodrigo DePaul, is, play, uh, is playing like garbage for this Udinese team. Absolutely terrible. Mandragoria, I mean, this guy has so much promise, but he's he's been abysmal this season. Yeah, he hasn't been himself. He's um, been a, he's been absolutely abysmal. But no, I don't. It know. is. Go ahead. Sorry, and I had to bring it back to Lasagna. Do we know he has the worst conversion rate in the city A right now? No surprise. For any striker, the worst conversion rate. Um, no surprise there. I don't know if you guys saw. There was one point in the game where there was a cross, I think, from outside the 18 right side. He tries to do a backheel flick. When he easily could have just tipped it with his right foot to score a goal, he tries a backheel flick. That's why this guy isn't scoring goals. He's he's being yeah. a complete, uh, I don't know what he's thinking in front of net. He's got to change something because he's, he's a big reason why he's this Udine team is struggling. He's had the least touches, 34, of any outfielder to play 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get on the uh, – he's a he's – a, I feel sorry for Udine fans watching this guy as your, as your front yeah. uh, player. It's awful. It's yeah. absolutely awful. But, on, you know, Sam Torri on the other side, yeah. on the other hand, came in yeah. and did the job. What do we think I mean, of uh, Torre Grossa's debut? He was just very recently well. transferred. This was his yeah. first game. He gets a goal, made some big came tackles. Came on and scored. Came on did and scored. Did you see his goal? Did you guys see his yeah, goal? Yeah, it was nice. It was I nice. saw his goal. Yeah, it was Towering nice. header. Yeah. It was nice. He almost I think got that... another one, too. Yes, he did. And he almost I set think... up a uh, goal, too. Sorry, Christian. Yeah. I think this guy is exactly what the Sam Torria team needed. Fabio Quadrado, no disrespect to the captain. He's fantastic. You know, he's put in quite a few goals already this season. But here's another option coming off the bench or playing side-by-side with Quagliarella that you could use. And I think think it's a fantastic signing. It's just what they needed. And maybe this is why they got rid of Bonazzoli, because they knew this was coming. Yeah, that is why they got rid of Bonazzoli. We got to think, too. For uh, Gaston Ramirez and uh, Lagomina, their time's yeah. probably coming to an end at Sampdoria. But this yeah, signing. I think so. I think so. Antonio Candreva, another solid performance. Panenka. And I, and I have to, I have to give him credit again where it's due. Emil Odero, stud of a goalkeeper. This guy, this yeah, guy. You want to see great goalkeeping? You want to see great acrobatic goalkeeping? You remember Federico Marchetti in his prime when he was ripping it up with Cagliari, like just before the 2010 World Cup? For like two games, yeah, sure. No, no, no. It was for <laughs> it was for it was for like two seasons. Okay. Okay. This guy is like a he's a more acrobatic version of that. It's he's fantastic, fantastic. Juventus product uh, came through the Juve system. Juve got rid of him. Here's a stud of a goalkeeper that's going to go places. I'm telling you right now. Remember that name, Emil Odero. Yeah, a lot of, lot of good goalkeepers in this city yeah, right now. So, Sampdoria, big 2-1 to one victory. Any other thoughts on it before we go? Nick, you want to say anything about this game before we go? I think uh, Taragora is a good uh, good option off the bench. Probably uh, going to give uh, Guagarella some uh, run for his money. Maybe get some starts. Yeah. But uh, I, think, I think they're doing the right thing. I think... Uh, They'll be a, they'll be in the mid table there. Oh yeah. They won't be they won't be in relegation, but they won't be on the top there. Yeah yeah. Oh yeah. But they do. I I, tell, I was talking to Christian. I said Samdori always plays spoilers, 
to the second place team, especially if they're one point uh, <laughs> uh, one point away from winning the Scudetto. They'll kill off the second place teams. Oh, of course. They always play spoiler, <laughs> Sampdoria. So watch out. The history oh, repeats itself. You've got an important did. game that could change at the top. Sampdoria will kill you. Yeah, they yeah, already did. They already killed Inter uh, two weeks ago, <laughs> was whatever it was. Let's move on to the thrashing Oof. now. Napoli. Holy cow. Say what? 6 0? 6 0. 6 0. Before we get on to this, I got to get Nick's opinion on one player. Okay, okay, go ahead. What are your thoughts on Lorenzo Insigne? <laughs> Lorenzo Insigne? Yeah. Do you do you consider him world class? Do you consider him uh, Italy great? Where do you think he st- okay, stands so, in the echelon of so Italian just, players? Good question. I think. I think when, okay, not to bring this back to TFC, but when Jurvenko was making the case to come back on the national team, he is the reason why he didn't go. Do you think that should have been? Or Jurvenko should have been there? As I mean, he is, well, he's Napolitan, right? Yeah. yeah. He's their hero so, there. So, I mean, he's their hero there. I think, uh, I, uh, I mean, there's a big difference between taking Jurvenko. You got Jurvenko that plays for Toronto CMLS, and you got Insigne Napoli. Who, of course, you're going to choose the European guy. Yeah, yeah. The guy who plays in Europe, right? But and, but for uh, you though, what but for you though, what do you think of Insigne as a player? Do you rate him like as a him. player think, or no? Yeah, I do. I think he's okay. Yeah. I think I think he gets the job done. I think um, I think sometimes they don't use him. Yeah. Uh, I think he's got to be more attacking uh, wide a little more. Okay. Right. I think I think the times where he's very he's very dangerous when he's out wide and he cuts in. I've seen them. I've seen him do that a lot. He's seen him cut in and cause a lot of problems because he can make the shot. His shots are good, and you make it cross to uh, what is it, Patata, or whatever it is over there, Patani. <laughs> Patani, right? But he's deadly. If you're gonna have him more in a central role, he's gonna get bullied all day long. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I, I uh, for the strikers that Italy has now, for the strikers that Italy has now, I could see. Uh, I'd take him over Belotti. Who Insigne? Yeah. Yeah. I take him over Bellotti. Yeah, yeah. Right? I take him oh, over I would Bellotti. take anybody over Bellotti. Right? <laughs> well, I agree with you. Fair I enough. Fair you. enough. Yeah. I'm just curious to always hear what people think of Insigne cuz when he shows up, he shows up. Yeah, when he shows up, he looks like he's amazing, but to me, I think he's just a flat track bully, which means he picks on the little guys. When it comes to big game, he folds. He uh So you mean you're talking about like another Paulo Dybala then? Yeah, I was going to say, like, Apollo Dybala, you know? Like, this, I have no problem season. running riot on Crotone, but yeah. God forbid we play Inter. Because yeah. <laughs> we know Fiorentina how how great they've been this season, right? But Yeah, they've been a, they've been abysmal. Yeah. I mean, Bartolome Dragowski goes from team of the week to complete dud as a goalkeeper. <laughs> I feel really bad for him. The one thing I will say about this is Lorenzo Insigne showed up to this game. This is the Napoli I fear. This is the Napoli... And we've said it time in and time out. If they keep this kind of mentality, this is the team to watch out for. Yes, it's Fiorentina, but this is a team that's, that would easily finish top four if they play this way consistently. Oh, but they for won't. Sure, for sure. I know. That is the thing. They won't. But they've yet to do that against a top four team, top five team. They exactly only true. did it to Roma, but Roma's rebuilding. I, yeah. I, I personally, well, we'll get into this later when we do our top four prediction. But I mean, like. Napoli, you gotta like it's it's nice to crush the small teams. And not saying Fiorentina is a small team, they're definitely not doing well. Yeah. But I mean, 
What's more like a yeah okay you crush Fiorentina six nil okay so okay I know it's three points who cares like, at the end three, at, the, at the end you're not gonna get double the points so whether you do where you get them one nothing or six nil yeah right talk to me when you kill uh, Juve four nil yeah, yeah but m- mentally this is something they needed because they really struggled last week. They've struggled yeah. quite a few games yeah. this, and, this season. They struggled in the Coppa Italia game against Empoli. Went right to the yeah, right yeah. to the wire too. Right yeah. the last minute, went to the wire. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, for Lorenzo Insigne to step up, get two goals and assist, man of the match. The assist, um, the assist was phenomenal for anybody. It was phenomenal. It was probably the best assist of the season until Bastoni bettered it today. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> did, did you see? Did you see all of Napoli's goals? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. So I, I I got a stat here. I I saw, and I know Giuliano likes stats, but love him. Fiorentina had 17 crosses. So you know what you know what Fiorentina how they were trying to get their goals. Yeah. Four of them were accurate. Napoli only had four crosses. Not one was accurate. So <laughs> how do you think they're getting their goals? They ain't swinging them in. No. Nope. Very they're... direct. Very you know they're going there. Like I said, you're in senior. He's going down the wing. He's cutting in. He's exactly. finding the paths. He's finding everything, which is uh, a different way to get your goals as opposed to the old throw it in there and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Every, uh, everything for Fiorentina. Yeah, go next. Sorry. Sorry. I just found that interesting because you got six goals there. Not one of them came from across. Exactly. And Pat- you think you got uh, Patania, the, the big guy in the box. You, know, you get a header in there. You get a little, you know, hey, good coots in there, but nothing. Yeah. He put two assists though. Yeah. What did you think? Good. What did you think of his play, Cree? Patania? Yeah. I think he played well. I think I did, this was a decent showing for Andrea Patania. He shows that even though he's a big guy, he can set up goals. He doesn't have to score them all the time. He's not. He's not gonna score them all the time. But no. uh, didn't even have. But, he didn't have a shot on net this game. Not even a no. shot. Period. This game actually. But you know what? They tried to isolate him. They thought Patania was a threat. They left Insigne exposed, and look what happened. They paid the huge price for that. Yeah, I think I think a... I think though that's a tactical thing too, Patania. I think he was made to uh, keep Milinkovic, Petzela, Igor to keep exactly. them all. Exactly. You know, and that gave Insigne, exactly. Zelinsky, and Lozano all the room to do. So what they think had about. To do. So think about this. Think about this. Okay. I know this is very, this is very like very positive thinking from my end. But if you play Andrea Patania in a game for Italy like that, where his ta- where his basically his job is to keep the guys, keep the defenders on the opposing team busy, it opens up Bellotti, it opens up Insigne, it opens up. Yeah, so I was gonna, guys, I was right? gonna say that is you guys were mentioning we don't have a Luca Toni. Is he our next Luca Toni? Well, he's not gonna score like Luca Toni. I'll tell you that. No, he's but more... I mean in terms of hold up play, you know, he's gonna hold the ball, he's gonna take, he's gonna draw in defenders and leave he's... the other guys open. To no, move I around. agree. I think he's I think he's that option because who else do you have? I think he he reminds me a lot of Graziano Pelle when Graziano Pelle played was was that one hit wonder. I don't think Andrea Patania is going to be a one hit wonder because he's got a lot of time to go. He's only 25 years old, but he plays like that where he can hold up the ball and he can free up space for other players. I think if you Andrea Patania you play Andrea Patania with a small strike a smaller striker behind you like a Andrea Bellotti. I think a guy like Andrea Bellotti is going to only flourish playing side by side with a guy like that. Yeah, that's I, just my opinion. You know, I don't mind Patania the way he played today. I like it. Reminded me of uh, Olivier Giroud's style of play. Yeah, Olivier, he's one of the best with the back to the net. That's how Patania played today. He didn't care. That's One right. thing that was bothering me about Patania 
a few games back was he'd always try and turn his uh, defender. He'd always try and dribble at him and uh, use that skill set. But I think his skill set is what he showed today, using his strength, using his body to shield the ball, lay off to your uh, other forwards to get the shots off. Like he did, I think it was on Insigne's goal for the first one. And I think Zielinski too for the second one. So that's what he has to do. None of this getting the ball, dribbling, trying to play like a little guy. Use your size, you know, for what it's for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what, what about Fiorent- What are you guys' thoughts on Fiorentina on the other side? Oof. They, they, they had I'm a chance. I'm surprised they they're a... not lower. I'm surprised they're not lower, in the, lower down in the standing. Oh, I know, me too. They're down there. They're down I, there. They had a chance to tie it at 1-1. Koulibaly made a huge clearance off the line. He yeah. headed it off uh, off the crossbar. That was really their only chance of the game. But yeah, Ribéry, you could see the body language. Ribéry looks like he's finished. He wants to get out of Firenze as fast as possible. Castrovilli, who was a superstar, the man from Bari last season, now he's a shadow of his former self having a terrible season. It looks like no one wants to be there. And I don't know where or what Camiso does with uh, this team and Prandelli. Do you get rid of Prandelli? Well, then he's going to basically go into a golden prison as well because he's got another year on his contract. They, they signed yeah. him for two years. Yeah, great. You signed this guy for two years. I don't yeah. know what they think Prandelli was supposed to do. I don't know. That's bad ownership by Comiso. Terrible call by yeah. Comiso. It's playing on nostalgia. They're all playing on good memories. Oh, here's, exactly. a, here's, another, here's another question. Was it Comiso's call? Uh, I know because you're bringing that up because of the book, right? Was was it Comiso's call? At the end of the day, <clears throat> do the Ameri- do we get respect as North Americans in Europe? Right? Rocco Comiso. So for it, so from what I from from doing my research, from talking to players abroad, I'll just go on this quick sidetrack and I'll make my point. So basically, like if you if if the three of us were to go and invest in a team in Italy or in France or in Spain, the way they look at that's even though you know Nick, you're Italian, Greek, Jules, you're 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 Italian, I'm Italian backgrounds at the end of the day we're from canada so yeah these, it doesn't matter it, it doesn't canada, matter eh? you're you're we're, not italian exactly right so they you're look not, at you're you, not one of us no they <laughs> say thank you for the money but we're going to make the calls yeah. so in my opinion because Rocco Camiso at the end of the day is an american i think somebody else in management made the call on prandelli somebody is probably a friend for prandelli I'm, and these are not accusations these are just assumptions from what from the knowledge that i know they just went with something that Fiorentina management went with something that they were comfortable with, and it's backfiring big time. Because I don't know if Rocco Camiso would be the guy that made that to make that decision. This guy's been out of the game for how long? What has he done since he left Fiorentina, other than bring Italy to the Euro 2012 final where we got humiliated by Spain? What has he done? He's done nothing. He's done nothing. And then you got guys like Montella out there. You got guys like Laurent Blanc out there who Allegri. we'll talk about a little later. Max Allegri out there, right? At one point, Mauricio Pochettino. Like, uh, who else? Uh, what's his name there? Mauricio Sadi. Like, this guy? This guy's making your team even worse. You were better off with Beppe Iacchini. That's my opinion on it. It's Fiorentina might go down because of this decision. So, so if you're Camiso, what do you do? Do you get rid of Prandelli or hang on to this guy for the rest of the season? <laughs> I don't you know. Gotta, you gotta hang on to him and pay him. Here's the thing: you gotta pay this guy, right? You gotta pay this guy. If you're Rocco Camiso and you want to take Fiorentina to the next level, like you keep saying you want to do, you gotta have the cojones to get in there and fire this guy. But then you're gonna be like, you fired, you basically fired him what after ten games? What are you going to do? You're going to put another coach on the payroll? 
Look what Mauricio Zamperini did with Palermo. He'd bring on like six or seven coaches and rotate them throughout the season, like three or four times. <laughs> yeah, I remember Because they were on the payroll, right? You don't want to get into that because then you then you create chaos. At this point, you got to live with your decision. You got to live with your mistake. If that gets you relegated, so be it. But at the end of the day, I think what you do is if he even gets if he gets you safety, you get rid of him at the end of the season. You start fresh. So. Right out the year. Yeah. Yeah. See where it goes. It's really all you can really do. But uh, enough of that. We got quite a few games to cover, so let's move on to this next game. Quite a surprise. Sassuolo Parma. Favorite game. One one. Yeah, Nick. So you, you were uh, you were right into the nitty gritty of it. So I want to get your thoughts on it. I watched it. It was, um, you know, I think uh, I, you mentioned about the transfers. Eventually, Parma's gonna shore up the defense, whatnot, whatnot. But I mean, this was just classic counterattacking. You know, just classic. Uh, I mean, I saw the play. You know, possession. You got, you know. It's all Sassuolo's favor. They're playing the game. They're playing in around the box. Parma hits them. Boom. They, they literally waited to the last play of the game, which it was a penalty in my eyes, right? Anytime it's it's gonna you're gonna go down. He's not gonna try and you know statter his way up to get up. He's gonna go down, and it's surprisingly it was the last play of the game. Yeah, bad. Such a terrible challenge to be making, considering the time. Considering the body position of the forward too, the the body of position, the forward was facing the the sideline. He wasn't even facing the net for a shot. Yeah. And Boosie, the Belgian, goes in for the tackle and completely clips him. I don't know what he was thinking. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. For a guy that doesn't but, get into the starting lineup week in week out, that's gonna keep you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Parma was grinding it out though. I think they got yeah. 112 duels. They won 61 of those. Yeah. So they were they were grinding it out. They were grinding it out. They were. You know, it's the Roberto Roberto Diverso way. Yeah, they were just, you know, we'll hit them on the counter. And hopefully now uh, when they get uh, these, uh, when eventually we go into the transfers, they can uh, shore up the D and uh, hopefully they can hold on to their leads. Yeah, hopefully. Sassuolo missing too. Uh, Plethora of players, Locatelli missing, but already gone for this game. Chicho Caputo didn't show up. No, he... Oh, he's gone dry. Yeah, they yeah. look they look bad today. When Locatelli's not there, but Ardi, they look terrible. So solo. Yeah. They don't look yeah. like a top team. The one thing I will say, though, I have to give credit to uh, Vlad Kirikis from, from Sassuolo, because the game last week against Juve, he caused the goal. I think it was the the, the go-ahead goal for, uh, for Juve. Yeah. And... Um, What's his name? Uh, did Zerbi put him off right away as like punishment uh, for that boneheaded play that he'd made? And uh, he did respond with a, with a solid game for Sassuolo. So I got to give Kirikis credit where it's deserved. I think he showed up. Good bounce back game for him, but he's not responsible for scoring the goals. So no, it's just this is disappointing. This is this 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 that's this is it for Sassuolo. This yeah. is it. They they're they're not going to finish in the top seven now. I don't think. I don't think it's too so. hard. It's way too hard. Yeah. Way too hard. Don't so, have the depth. No, they don't. They don't. They're uh they look like they're a one they're a two trick pony. Berardi, Locatelli, and that's when Caputo steps up, right? Yeah. Tough loss there. Or well, tough tie there. It feels yeah. like a loss for Sassuolo, that's for sure. Yeah. But let's move on to let's move on to this <laughs> What what, what happened this, here? <laughs> this annihilation. 
listen. That go. You I go, still you go, think. You go. I'll just tell you real quick. I still think Croton is garbage. I just think. <laughs> no, they are. They're garbage. Good. You got. You guys got to win. Big deal. You're not gonna. You're gonna. They're gonna beat Benevento. Maybe they'll beat Spezia. That's it. That's all they're winning. And then they're gonna get hammered by every other team on the way. This... Let me counter that. Let me counter that. Okay, go ahead. Crotone now has more wins than Torino and Parma. Yeah, yeah. that's pathetic. That's <laughs> pathetic. That's All right, pathetic. so it's they're not the total of the bomb of Syria. They will be the bottom of Syria. Mark my words. Well, they are still the bottom. They will be because let me tell you something. This team does not impress me. They won. Yes, they won four to one. They played a typical counter-attacking game. People in Zagi got this game wrong. He went at he went he went all in way too early. He left gaps. Crotone, when you guys when you got when you got players like Junior Messias and Nuenquo that can counter and the pace they have, you're nuts. You're nuts. And they missed opportunities. Like this Benevento got it all wrong. All wrong. And that Camille Glick. I'm sorry, I want to talk about oh, that Camille cool. Glick on goal. I want to talk about that. Montipo, what the hell is wrong with you as a goalkeeper? He had more than enough time to react to that. So much time to react to that own goal, and he still missed it. He still misjudged it. He's a moron. He's a moron. <laughs> I don't know how this guy's a goalkeeper in City. Yeah, That's yeah he, didn't, he didn't look too good. The, yeah. only, thing, the only thing I would say with uh, Crotone, I like Stroppi. He changed up the tactics. He did drop uh, Junior Messias deep into the number 10 role. He played two big boys up front, Emmanuel Riviere and Simi up front. Uh, the Nigerian who got two goals and an assist. So that was a nice little change because, uh, like you said, Simi, what he brings is his size. He picked Glick under a lot of trouble, hence the own goal. But Crotone, the score does Benevento no justice or Crotone, too. It it, make, it overhypes this result because if you look at the goals, one, okay, lucky own goal. The second goal was also another mistake by Glick. Glick tackles the ball off of, uh, I believe, Riviere's foot and passes it right to Simi on the tackle. Simi just has a tap in to make it uh, 2-0. And then Cordaz makes the two best saves he's done all season. And then uh, they get another lucky goal, and then they make it 4-1. So very fortunate. Yeah, Marco Sal uh, gets a red card. Yeah, Marco Sal gets a red card. Like They, they he, won 4-1, but it was a very lucky, lucky four goals that they scored. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And that, you're not going to have that luck every – you're not going to have that luck week in, week out. This you're, was not gonna one- have that, you're not going to have that luck for 18 more games. Yeah, th- this this was a one-off. Uh, Benevento just unlucky today. That's what it was, yeah. I think. And I don't know. I forget what, what minute it was, but Lapadula set up Marco Sal. You got to go back in and check the highlights. And Marco Sal, like the way he set up Marco Sal, my God. like He basically he had two guys on him. He was able to make a pass, and Marco Sal it was just Marco Sal and Montipo, and Marco Sal puts it wide, and it's like, yeah. what are you doing, man? Yeah. What are you doing? Sal, Lapadula's lasagna 2.0. He's turning into almost <laughs> his his finishing's bad as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, true. That's that's all. Yeah, right. but does he put his hands up and say it wasn't my goal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so congratulations to Crotone. You get your 4-1 win. Let's move on to another surprise here before we talk about the big game. I think I called this game a draw, if I'm not mistaken. Did you? I think I may have. I don't. I don't remember. But listen, if there's one thing I'm impressed with, I'll tell you right now is I'm impressed with this turnaround by Ballardini. Giuliano had no faith. 
Nope, still don't. I don't think he's going to do anything. Uh, he's going to keep them out of relegation, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. This was this was a steal for Genoa. because, And as a Roma fan, i got to thank Genoa for doing this for us because it keeps Atalanta behind us, which is great. Atalanta just offense didn't fire. They took 19 to- they took 19 shots on Genoa, only two on target. Yeah. So great defensive performance. Strootman, yeah. our boy. Strootman. Kevin Strootman. Kevin Strootman, the motor. <laughs> the engine. <laughs> he stepped in and he played well. He was a yeah. stud. He was a, he was one of the best players. Radovanovic played really good back there too yeah. for Genoa. Crescito, Peren, Badelli, yeah. all these guys are why it's working right now is the organization Ballardini brought in, but now they're all they're all hitting form now at the same time. Mm-hmm. So if the strikers can now start to score while the defense and the midfield is playing solid defensively, the, the strikers can start popping up some goals. Genoa can start getting some wins, yeah. and that will help them up the table. But I just I don't have faith in their uh, in their four line, even though it's not the the worst four line in the world because they have Pandev, Shomadov, the Uzbeki uh, kid, he's excellent yeah. player. Piazza, former Juve player. Uh, what's his face? Uh, rumored to leave to Juve or Milan. He's, I Skamaka. think he's already gone. It's Juve. Skamaka's there. So they it's got a Juve. great, they, yeah, they have a great forward line. Just, uh, it's not in sync right now. I think they'll be okay. I think they'll, uh, survive another year. I think they'll survive. Another, there's, there's yeah. people, there's teams below them. Like I thought towards the beginning, maybe mid of the first part of the season, you know they were they were pretty low down there. Yeah, and, yeah. they looked oh, hopeless. I said, but uh, you know, towards the end of the first uh, half, now this is going into midway, I think they'll be okay. I think there's just teams that are a lot terrible <laughs> than yeah. Genoa. That's what oh, they yeah. have. Yeah, Crotone and Torino. Spets, That's what they have yeah. going for them. Parma, Fiorentina. None of them. Yeah. It looks like they none of them have their stuff together. So yeah, it's true. They, uh, you know, credit to credit to Genoa, they escaped. Trust the shades of Davide Ballardini. <laughs> Keep those shades on, Ballardini. It's working. It's too and, much side. And then uh, Atalanta on, on the other side, missed opportunity big time. Missed opportunity big time. Uh, I, we'll see how they bounce back next weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, that definitely, this definitely might be. Uh, season defining moment for them because we know how tight the top four is and for them not to gain ground um the way they should have it's a bit of a failure but uh other than that let's move on to the big game because i know giuliano you got a lot to say about this inter milan winning the derby d'italia two nothing here we go here we go here we go were you were you crying during the game no, actually, I was I was frustrated with uh, Inter a little bit, actually, to be honest. But they uh, they did good. I think they this win gives them the self belief that they haven't had in ten years, and I think this is what's going to push them to get the Scudetto. I think this is what's kept Inter from being a top team for the longest time, and it's claiming the scalp of one of the big boys, especially Juve. Uh, and to do it in the style they did, they shut down Juve so bad. Juve did nothing this entire game. Uh, and Danovich did have to make some saves, but Juve, there was there was absolutely nothing. But Allah, Brozovic, Vidal completely ran Bentecourt-Abio onto the ground. Chiesa looked invisible compared to what he did to Milan. He did absolutely nothing. Ramsey was invisible. Frabotta, he looked like a Serie B player. 
the way Hakimi was running him into the ground. I was so happy they kept attacking him. And Chiellini's side, I thought Chiellini was the worst player on the field, to be honest. People may think I'm crazy for saying that, but no, he anyone was. true, truly forget the reputation, okay? Put a long mop of hair on that guy, okay? Change his appearance, take away the last name Chiellini, and you'd say he was the worst player on the field. If you looked at his defense in that game, it was amateurish. The guy was sprinting back because he's lost the pace. He's so worried about beating, being beat with pace. He forgets to play in front of him. He'll completely turn his body and start sprinting back towards his net. He did that three or four times this game. In all fairness, some people are going to say, oh, it's the ACL, the knee, he's rusty. It's not true. Chiellini's been like this for the past, I'd say, four or five years. He's just looked good in a weak city, yeah, and all his previous coaches knew to pair him up with two other center backs. I'll just put it that way. So Chiellini, the worst player on the field for me, I think Barella showed what kind of a player he was today. And uh, Lukaku, my God, we said in our previous podcast, this was going to be down to who could shut down who, could Inter shut down Ronaldo, or could Juve shut down Lukaku. Inter clearly did their homework, shut down Ronaldo. Lukaku, on the other hand, Juve had no answer for Lukaku. He was running right, was a menace. Running right through him, uh, through Chiellini Bonucci. They had no answer for him. And uh, he impressed me so much in Bastoni too. Out of all three defenders, the youngest guy, his play on what the ball today was phenomenal. Too. Best assist all season. And he came out and said that assist was planned. Yeah, people will say it wasn't planned. He slipped, but if you look at the replay, he looked and he yeah. hit the pass. He didn't. He didn't slip either because he contact was made. He just slipped because he was reaching for the ball, and it, it was unbelievable. He beat ten guys with one pass. And Badala, what a finish! My God, couldn't be happier. So. What do you guys think? Did you miss uh, Ericsson in this game? Didn't need him. If they're going to play like this... <laughs> if they're, but Ericsson, he did feature in the Coppa Italia. He played the full 90 minutes. Ah. Uh, he played he played good in that game. It looks like Conte's turned a page on Ericsson, actually. It looks like they may not get rid of him, even though Inter is hurting for money right now. Uh, apparently, the players didn't get paid at all in the first half of the season <laughs> until recently. So Ericsson, yeah. I don't know if they're going to sell him or keep him, but it looks like Conte's changed his mind on him, said he's able to play in a trequartista position. But in this game, with the way they were playing, there was no need. It, every, it was excellent all the way around. I'd only say Lautaro Martinez, he did a lot off the ball excellent. His finishing, oh my goodness, that's that's the part that frustrated me. Martinez should have put us up 3 nothing at halftime, but he is so wasteful in front of the net, but he makes up for it with his work off the ball. What yeah. do you guys think? I'll tell you this. If this Inter, it took Inter 18 games to show up this season. Inter's now here. So now that Inter's here, I'm worried about everybody else in the city. Yeah, that's that's what I think. This is the Inter that we've been kind of craving for all season Fearing long. Too. Yeah. yeah. This is this is the Scudetto contender Inter that we knew they were capable of. There are some weak pieces, obviously, on this team. Ashley Young's a weak piece. And I gotta say, this season Lautaro Martinez is a weak piece too. So how can you really shore up those two weak pieces? Maybe in the transfer market this this January. I know Inter's hurting for money right now, but how can you flip flip and try and make a deal with that? Like I mean, I gotta give credit to Arturo de Vidal. He showed up this game. Yeah. And even scored a goal. Being Nicole, accused but... of kissing the Juve badge before the game. I don't know if you guys heard about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was being accused, what? but he made up for it with a goal. So. Exactly. 
Exactly. So uh, that's what he wants you to think. Secret agent Juve. Secret agent Juve. No, it is what it is. What it is. Uh, Juve completely shut down this game. I mean, they looked. This is not. They, they looked. They didn't even look mediocre. I mean, and Handanovic too. Like he wasn't finally, the cameraman. He was not the cameraman today. He finally showed up. Yeah. He finally showed up, making a save off Chiesa. It was a good dive to the near post. It was a great Inter performance. Very well deserved. So congratulations to Inter. Uh, the one thing I do want to ask you, though personally yeah. Jules yeah is there's rumors that they're actually going to be changing the cast of Inter and it's going to be like a revolution or something what do you think of them changing the cast they're going to go the Juve route they want to do it for the marketability right they want to get rid of the the sh- look the shield style so they want to get something that you can put on clothing uh whatever as long as it doesn't diverge too much from uh the badge it doesn't matter black and blue is what enter is when i think of enter it's the black and blue colors so they can change the badge it doesn't matter i don't care as long okay. as they play good i don't care okay. but uh i just want to ask you guys too whoever wants to chime in first go for it with that let's start with so i have two questions for you guys conte pirlo conte obviously schooled the pupil in this showcase here pirlo yeah. is obviously showing his lack of depth in coaching do you think pirlo was the right move for Juve going forward as a manager? I think it was about as good as move as the, what Fiorentina did. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I mean, I no, to... like, look, look, I love Pirlo. I love Pirlo. Yeah, of course. I love what he does for a player. I think he is the coolest guy in football. I think, you know, he's probably a really cool guy to meet. But, I mean, how does someone with such little coaching experience, like, can I just get a coaching job? Can I just get my coaching license and go coach TFC? Like, they didn't ease him into it. Yeah. Right? They, they got to ease him into it. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, so, like, we're not, we're not, like, we're not, we're talking Juve here. We're not talking about a team that is in do or die. Yeah. Like, is in, yeah. like, crumbling. You know, we're talking about Juve. Juve is going to survive. Yeah. Right? You gotta you gotta give him his stripes. He has no stripes. He's like a, he's like a, a, a unstriped zebra. Yeah. He has, he's got nothing. You literally set him up for like, and it's not like the Barcelonas and Milan's, uh, Barcelonas and Real Madrid's, where you know the coach walks in and there's Javi and Yesta. There's like you're literally like whatever you do, you're gonna win. Like this isn't what Juve. This isn't like this is the best team Juve has had for a while. It's probably not so good of a team they've had it for a while. And you're going to put Pirlo in this and you're going to be like, well, you know, you're good as a player and you're going to you're going to you're going to hit the tabloids. Like, I think it's just I think it's uh, I think the only reason like if this was if this was on another team, he would have been gone. All right. Well said. Well said. Christian. It was a bad move. Um, It was a bad move. This guy, he was he was already signed up to be the Juventus under twenty three coach in City C. Yeah. And I thought that was a good move. That's where you start, you know, you start building from the ground up and work your way up. Like people think, oh, Zinedine Zidane just walked into the job at Real Madrid. No, Zinedine Zidane was an assistant manager, like to Carlo Ancelotti. Like he, he did. And he, he coached Castilla. And he, yeah, yeah, and he, Castilla. yeah. Exactly. So he he got his experience there. He wasn't just a one hit. He just didn't come fly in by night and then just turn this Real Madrid team over. But at the same time, if I'm Agnelli, Agnelli is we all know Agnelli's arrogant. And Agnelli thinks that it doesn't matter who you put in there, they're gonna win the Scudetto because it doesn't matter. They're Juventus because 
he's he, he buys the referees. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry for the UV fan. I just had to, I just had to throw it's it in the there. The UV podcast story. <laughs> um, no, I'll kidding aside. I know, I know, I know. Go, go, go. At the same time, who did Agnelli have out there that he could bring in? Max Allegri wasn't going to come back. Right, Max Allegri wasn't coming back. You you just let uh, you just let Sadi go because the players couldn't stand him. So who else are you gonna bring in? You're not gonna bring in Cesare Prandelli because you're not an idiot, right? Who else is out there? Luciano Spalletti's in a golden prison at Inter. You're not gonna bring in Giuseppe Di Francesco because he's a loser. And so who, when you think about it, guys, who else is out there? There was nobody else out there. Yeah. So try some try something new. They'd ha- they right. would have had to bring in uh, someone from someone else in Europe from another yeah. league. Yeah. Like Pochettino wasn't gonna go to Juve. No. Right. He would have probably been a better signing, but he would yeah. have been. Oh, he would have been a better signing, but he wasn't gonna come to Juve. Yeah. He wasn't. Yeah. There's. It's. I've I've realized how difficult it is to bring in foreign coaches into Serie A. It's tough. There's not many that that are successful. No, there in isn't. So. Why are you going to take a chance and do something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So th- this is really the only choice they had. This is the only choice yeah. Agnelli had. I got to – I got to – your your main player, Cristiano Ronaldo, is furious. He's going to leave if you don't do something about Saudi. You want to keep Ronaldo because you think Ronaldo is your bread and butter, marketing-wise, jersey sales-wise, uh, you know, <laughs> success-wise, everything. Like you have a, you have a yeah. living legend on your it's, team. It's Ronaldo FC. You want to keep him. Mm-hmm. You got to make him happy. Who's the only guy that can make him happy right now? Andrea Pirlo. You're in. I think how it went down. Yeah, the, the tactics by Pirlo too. They were. Uh, I know they didn't have much. So the entire bench was all kids. All he had was really Bernadeschi, Kulusevski, and, and McKinney and McKinney coming off the bench. After that, there was nobody. There was no Dybala. There was a ton of injuries. But uh, still, the tactics. It's like it's like he's playing a game of FIFA, <laughs> the way yeah. he approaches. He, well, he is a he is an avid gamer, so. No, he, I, he was, yeah, it's true. But hold on, hold on. We know there's one thing we do know. If there's one thing he wasn't playing, it wasn't FIFA, because we all know the players in Europe they play pro evolution soccer. Yeah. So remember that, people. You want to play a real soccer game? You play Pez. You don't play FIFA. That's all. I have to yeah, say yeah. The tactics, like he didn't he didn't try to bring a third man in the midfield. Nothing to try and break up that dominance of Inter and. <laughs> but how, yeah. how is he supposed to know if he's never been taught this? He should have. No, I know. <laughs> right? I know. But you would, yeah. Uh, he's... You would hope through his experience. But anyway, just to bring it to that second question. So I know I gave that rough assessment on Chiellini. Uh, like I said, people are gonna think I'm nuts for saying that. I know he looks he looks good, Chiellini, when he is challenging players with their back to net. He's great at that. He's great when he's chasing a man down and has to make a tackle. I'll give him that. He's good at certain stuff, Chiellini, but he has glaring weaknesses in his team. I mean, in his uh, in his arsenal of skill, I believe, as a defender. What do you guys think of Chiellini? Did you think it was right to start him in this game by Pirlo? Demetel was on the bench. Should Demetel have started over Chiellini? Yeah, overall, what are your thoughts on Chiellini and his performance? Go ahead, Nick. Uh, I think, I think, uh, the, the younger, the, he's getting up there with the, with the age, I think is a young man's game now. So like you said, he's good at the headers. He's good at, you know, with the back and tracking down, but one-on-one play, he's going to get burned every time. Yeah. One-on-one play, you isolate Chiellini, right? And he's going to get burned each time. I think the Benucci-Chiellini pairing is starting to get old. 
Mm-hmm. I know it's, I know, you know, people are going to hate us for saying that because, you know, there's so much, you know, romanticism about it. But I just all, think it's. Yeah, all good things it, come to an end. All good things come to an end. I think, um, I think if Pirlo wanted to make his coaching statement back to the Pirlo thing, I said if he wanted to earn his, uh, his first zebra stripe <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, say, hey, you know, look at me, I did something different, I would have put Demerol in there. I would agree with you. I think Demerol should have started. I think Killini's way over the hill at this point. It's time to drop him both nationally uh, for Juve and internationally for Italy. Um, thank him for the service. He, he's done. He's he's way past his prime. And I think Demerol has earned it to start over Killini. I think Killini started this game by merit because he's Giorgio Killini, and that is not acceptable. You cannot start a player based on merit. You got to start a player based on earning a spot, and Giorgio Chiellini did not earn that spot against against to play against Inter today. Another skill he's good at is not picking up yellows. I don't know how he doesn't pick up yellows this guy, but Juventus. What did I tell you? <laughs> what did I tell how, you? how many World Cups has Chiellini played in? Well, he played in 2010, 14, and that's it because we didn't qualify for 18. Yikes! He wasn't there in 2006. Been out of the group stage. Yikes! Yeah, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? <laughs> when you get on the world stage where you can't buy the refs, you can't do anything. The only thing he's got to show for it is World Cup appearance is a nice tooth mark by Luis Suarez. Juve fans, we expect some heated emails, okay? Please reach out. <laughs> Christian, what's our uh, what's our email? <laughs> TifosiFootballRadio at gmail.com. Yeah. And Follow let us, us know on your... Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> let us know your thoughts by yeah. all means, you know. We like conversation. It's always. A I good just thing. like I just like stirring the pot for our fans. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I mean, but uh, what so is sport be... without stirring the the pot, hey, right? Exactly. Like the so, Cleveland Brown, like the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> hey, hey, we almost made it happen, okay? We almost, almost. Made it flushed down sweat. the toilet with the rest of the Brown stuff. Okay, whatever. You're just jealous. <laughs> you're just jealous because you're an Eagles fan. You didn't even make the playoffs. It's okay. We won our Super Bowl. <laughs> Anyways, so there's a game tomorrow, um, Milan versus Cagliari. We all know it's probably going to be Milan three points because Cagliari is abysmal this year, Yeah. Uh, sitting in 17th place. So let's go ahead. Let's read the standings the way they are. Uh, Milan, first place, 40 points. We expect them to be at 43 points tomorrow. Inter, second place, 40 points. Napoli moves up to third place with 34 points. Roma still hovering around, top four in fourth place with 34 points. Juventus, fifth place with 33 points. Atalanta, sixth place with 32 points. Lazio, seventh place with 31 points. And then you got Sassuolo in eighth place with 30 points. So the difference between third and third and eighth right now, guys, is three points. That's nuts, eh? Now let's read the bottom. Oh, I got stuff. This is the good stuff. 20th place, predictable. You got Crotone, 12 points. 19th place, you got Parma, 13 points. They're tied with Torino, who are in 18th place with 13 points as well. Cagliari, just one point from safety, above safety. Uh, 17th with 14 points with that game in hand. We expect them to lose tomorrow. Uh, Genoa, climbing up slowly. 
in 16th place with 15 points. Udinese isn't safe either. They're 15th place with 16 points. Fiorentina, 14th place with 18 points. Spezia, 13th place with 18 points. To me, that's the, those are the relegation candidates. From 13th to 18th. All the way to 20th. Yeah, 13th from 13th all the way to 20th is just six points. Tight. It's tight this year. This yeah. is an exciting year for City of Soccer. So, with that being said, let's move on to talking about... Now, we're halfway through the season. Milan, winter champions. So, we know we got 18 more games to go. We're going to play everybody one more time. So, Juliano and I made some predictions in our first episode ever. Talking of predicting our top four and our bottom three. So we'll review those and see if we'll change them. And we also want to get Nick's take on his top four and his relegation bottom three. So I don't know how you guys want to do this. Do you, do you want to go with Nick first and give us like a fresh idea? On... Yeah, well, we'll go with mine. We'll see. So my top four. Let's hear them. As a, as a Roma, as, a, as us Romanistas, you're not going to like it. But okay, I got Inter first place. There you go. I, like I got it. me. I got Milan, Juve, kind of in the second place area. You can intertrain it between second and third. And I have Napoli beating out Roma for the final place. Fourth place. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Roma's. I think uh, it's going to be another Europa League campaign. All right. I respect that. I respect that. How about right. bottom three? Bottom three. Okay, in really no order, except for one thing. I do believe Crotone will not finish dead last. All right. Wow. I, I think I think there's gonna be someone that because uh, if you think about it, Parma has the same, if not worse, goal differential than Crotone. What was it minus twenty? Minus twenty. They got the same goal differential right now. Right, and I mean, as we speak, uh, the only thing that's keeping them is the ties that Parma have collected. Yeah, seven ties. Right. So you know, if Crotone can continue beating up the little guys. <laughs> Uh, we can see, I mean, I think they're going to go down. I think they're going to go down, but I don't think, I think they're going to, they're going to, they're going to go out literally screaming yeah. to be like, Hey, we didn't finish dead last. Uh, my surprise though, I think Torino is going to go. I All think, right. uh, I think it's, it's, oh my God, it's so frustrating to watch because it's, it's, they're not a bad team, right? But come on, if you can't, if you can't. You know, if you can't get someone from the eighth minute down, what's the rest of your season gonna look like? <laughs> yeah. What well. a, what about your um, fifth to seventh place teams? Fifth to seventh so the, place. So the Europa team? League. I think yeah, yeah. I think Roma's up there. I think Lazio's up there. Those two are gonna battle out for Europa. Okay. Uh, I th- I think Sampdoria will finish higher than Sassuolo. Ooh. So wow. Nice. So you're le- you're leaving out one of the big boys then, though. Leaving out Atalanta. No, Atlanta will still be there, but I think Atlanta will be above all of them, above uh, Swallow and Sampdoria. But I okay. think out of those two, Swallow and Sampdoria, Sampdoria will pipe uh, Swallow to a better finish. All right. Okay. So you want, me to, you want me to read all your predictions, Christian? You want me to go? Okay, sure. Read them out. So Christian's top seven, Inter first, Juve second, Atalanta third, Napoli fourth, Lazio fifth, Milan in sixth, Roma in seventh. Relegation teams he picked were Spezia, Crotone, and Udinese. 
Okay. Any change of heart? You didn't go buy. You didn't go Crotone bottom. So here's gonna be my change of heart. You ready? You ready for this? Let's go. You want me to go with my top? Start with your top teams. Okay. I'm gonna go with Inter first. So not changing that. Inter's gonna stay in first. Yeah. In second place, they've convinced me. AC Milan. Oh. <laughs> Look how disappointed <laughs> he is to oh. say that. <laughs> you had to sleep on that one. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> AC Milan. That one looked like it hurt. Okay. okay. Third place is going to be Napoli. Holy three, and Juve's not even there yet. Okay, keep going. Now, you ready for fourth place? You ready yeah. for this? This is my Aww. prediction. Okay. Napoli I know. third. You're, yeah, Nick, go, go. You're, you're already shaking your head, Nick. I know. This is my prediction. We're playing every team again now. We're playing every team again. We're pissed off, and we're embarrassed. And we know what we have to do. And I'm talking about Roma here. Fourth place is going to come down to that second last game between Roma and Lazio. I'm, and the, and Roma is going to smash them. We're going to we're going to give it right back to them. So because of that, I'm going to have Roma in fourth. Listen, okay. Roma in fourth. I'm going to have Lazio in fifth. Okay. Tony ahead of you, I'm gonna have. <laughs> I'm gonna you don't have, even have Juve in there yet. I know. Wow. I know. Okay, go. Then I have Juve in sixth. Wow. And Atalanta in seventh. Holy. Juve. Can I? Juve this year? Garbage. <laughs> oh, that that email box is gonna be blowing up. Oh, Garbage. Joe Scorpio. Send me uh, hey, send us a message, Joe Scovio. I know you're a big Juve fan. I think they're garbage. You guys blew it today. <laughs> okay. so now, give us give us your relegation teams. All right. So I think Crotone is still gonna go down. Okay. I think I think Udinese is still gonna go down. Yeah. And I think Kaderi is gonna join them. I got Spazia staying staying safe. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. I can yeah. see that too. Okay. So say say that bottom three again. Sorry. I'm gonna have uh, Udinese, Cagliari, and Crotone. Udinese, Cagliari, and Torone. Crotone. Crotone. Torone. Can't eat those guys. <laughs> and Crotone. Yeah. I'm hungry. Torone is a great restaurant. I know they don't sponsor us, but if you ever get a chance to go. Oh, Torone. Torone. Yeah. yeah, yeah Torone. And I'm thinking of Torone. Torone, that's Torone, good food. Torone, that Torone, yeah. You know where they make the Torone, eh? Yeah, Torone. You know where they make it, though, eh? What, the nougat? Yeah. We're talking about the nougat. Yeah, do you know where they make it? Where? Cagliari. Do they really? Yes, Cagliari is what's oh, known for, know Torone is known in Cagliari. Okay. They make it fresh okay. on the streets, man. It's good stuff. Okay, so it's partially right. Torone are going down, then. <laughs> okay, uh, let's hear yours. So... My uh, predictions at the beginning of the season were Inter first, Juve second, Atalanta third, Milan fourth, Napoli, or sorry, Lazio fifth, Napoli sixth, Roma in seventh. Madonna. Those are my predictions. In relegation, I had Crotone, Spezia, and Genoa going down. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, in my top, I'm going <clears> to... <throat> Make a couple changes. I'm going to say Inter still and Juve still 1 and 2. I'm going to say Atalanta 
are going to drop a position into fourth. Milan, I think, are going to keep the third spot. And then, uh, to be honest, the Europa League positions for me are all wide open. I do believe Napoli will finish in the fifth. And then it's going to come down to Lazio and Roma for the the, the uh, sixth and seventh spots. Oh, we're battling for fourth spot, buddy. We're not battling for <laughs> sixth and seventh. We're battling for fourth. Roma's yet to convince me. <laughs> I'm telling you. 10-4-4, four, four, 37 goals for 29 against. We know where our weakness is. We can handle the small teams. We can't. We don't show up in the big games. You're going to see a total different turnaround now. You watch. <laughs> and uh, relegation. Yeah, I see... For me, Crotone definitely staying. I'm throwing Parma in there now because they look wow. abysmal. I don't think wow. there's any hope of them uh, coming out. And uh, I'm going to possibly, believe it or not, throw the nay in there now. Ah, I convinced you, eh? I, I might throw the nay. Lasagna, if they don't get someone healthy and scoring right away, I think Udine is in danger. They're not going to buy anybody. They're not gonna. They're too worried about. They're too. Yeah. The Puzzle family is more concerned about getting Watford into the Premier League than Udinese. I'm guaranteed. Yeah. I'm convinced. More money right there, right? It's more money. Exactly. It's, it's more money. British pound. So let's talk about some transfers coming up. I want to get your thoughts on a few of them. So here's some. Here's some ones that I noticed. Um. So obviously, let's talk about the big one. Mario Mandzukic is going to AC Milan. AC this is, Milan. This is why I have AC Milan finishing second because now they've really shored up that that fill in for Zlatan. You think he's still good after an entire year off? Yep, I think so. Yeah, I think he's gonna absolutely he's gonna surpass Rebic on the depth chart, and he's gonna be right behind Zlatan. I think so. Okay. What are your thoughts on that, Nick? A year off football. Where did he play last? Was it uh, Qatar? I think Juve. I don't know if he had Juve. a stint in China. No, it was Juve. Juve. That was right. it, right? So yeah, he's been off since his Juve. He's been day. off. Oof. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that's gonna oh, work. Who yeah, who knows what shape? Who knows he's in. how it's gonna work? What is he shape? He had a, maybe he had a little Torone to himself too. <laughs> <laughs> One too many Torone. Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't. I don't see. I uh, taking a chance on a on a player like that after a year off, no football. Like the the they the, they got he's got to do a serious medical. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do a serious medical. Well, Milan's really doing good in shoring up, uh, in shoring up some depth. They got uh, what's his name from Torino there, Miette. Yeah. They yeah, got that, Miette. Was, that was a great signing. That was a great signing, and they also got what's yeah, oh, Tomori, uh, Tomori, Tomori. Yeah, Tomori's yeah. coming in from Milan. So Milan's making some some center big back, strides. Yeah. Shoring up yeah. the center back, good for offense them. and midfield, Milan. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. Now That's good. Uh... they're just. They're getting better now with with uh, with Parma on the other hand. So Daversa came out and said, if we're gonna survive, we need to make signings now. Yeah. And he's right. And it looks like he's gonna get two of them. So it looks like Andrea Conti from Milan is gonna be going over to Parma uh, with a loan. It's an initial loan with an obligation to buy if Parma survives. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, if he can stay healthy, that's a good signing. That's a good signing. And former Romanista. Well, not for, not really a former. Yeah. Yes, so who? Medi Benatia. Benatia, yeah. Oh, Medi Benatia. Say he's more of a Juventino now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Radar for me, man. Yeah. I know. So he he's playing in he's playing in the Middle East. He's coming back to play for uh, Parma. So eh. Parma's really shoring it up in the defense. Yeah. 
And I think it'll help them big time. Now, if Cornelius and Rob Bobby English there can start scoring, maybe Parma will uh, will figure it out. Um, another possible move that's happening is my friend Adek Milik is moving closer to a Marseille move. So he's going over to the French League, my friends. <laughs> bon yeah. chance. Yeah, bon chance. He's were never a success in Italy anyways. <laughs> um, and I think that those are the big ones. That's really it. Unless there's any other ones that you guys can think of. Yeah, that's all I can think of. The transfer market, it's going to be weird this year. A lot of teams not having money. And we got to consider, too, Brexit's happening. Yes. So with Brexit, the entire transfer market is going to be thrown up on its head. How that's going to affect Italy with their, uh, they have the non-EU spots, but they only have three. Yeah. Right. It, so it only affects it only affects Scottish, English, and Northern Irish players. Yeah, but apparently, so, uh, apparently though, what we might be seeing though is a lot of the English Premier League teams. What they're going to be doing is they're going to be going to grandfather to, them. Exactly. They're gonna grandfather them in. So they're going to they're going <laughs> to say approach a Parma and make it. Uh, you know how we're talking about the Pats with Dave Simpson, the yeah. Pats to get into the professional. They go through yeah. Sweden, Denmark. Yeah. That's all going to be thrown on its head now. Because now yeah. you're going to have teams like the Premier League. They're going to use Ireland, for instance, as a, a breeding yeah. ground to bring players. It's going to be Scotland, Scotland, Northern Ireland. But and... they may also use the Italian teams now, right? Because if you can buy a cheap Italian team, run that as your second, get some uh, citizenships up there, and then boom, they can go into Won't England, happen. no problem. Because it's all, it's all based off a of point system. It's a bit complicated. Won't happen. But, uh, you're you're a foreign buyer in the Italian game. It won't happen. It won't work well. It'll be interesting though, because like I said, it's a point system. The South American, the way the South American clubs are being graded, you're going to see a lot of South American players now going to England, and uh, that's going to ob- obviously raise their price. And a yeah. lot of Italian, a lot of Italian teams try and poach this young South American talent. So that yeah. battle between City and the Premier League will be interesting to see how that works out. I just think it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna throw a big wrench. It will. In the way things I will, are for next summer. I will say this yeah. to all our English friends, all our English friends listening, this Brexit move was a good move for football because it is now gonna force England to further develop their own players. So you're not gonna have this international super league called the Barclays Premier League anymore. You're gonna have a English strong. Barclays Premier League now, you're going to get better English talent because they're going to be playing in the top Premier League in their country, yeah. and it's going to make the national team a lot better, in my opinion. Yes and no. The the top division won't be as affected. You're going to see it more so in the championship divisions 1-2 because the Premier League teams are still going to have the money to poach the talent. Because like I said, it's all a point system. If you have time, read about it, the point system. Yeah. But yeah, you definitely should see more English talent coming in through the championship you should. and into you should. the Premier League that way. You should, right? Yeah. You should. This it is will what... be interesting. And you this may see be... some English talent coming now south and onto the continent too. Yeah. Such as it. Like we, we see Hickey playing for Bologna. Yeah, so we'll start seeing that British talent come. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's see what happens. But uh, that basically sums up transfers. Now let's move into the final part. Let's talk about... Toronto FC oh, with oof. our MLS TFC insider Nick Cottis here. Uh, for those of you that don't know Nick, he is one of the most passionate TFC fans I've ever known. <laughs> or <laughs> and I have ever known. Die hard. Die hard over here. Um, I want to talk to him about the new signing 
of head coach Armas, Chris Armas. And uh, it's Chris Armas, right? Yeah. yeah, Chris Armas. Yeah, Chris Armas, uh, formerly coach of the New York Red Bulls. There was an article that came out. I, I forget. I believe it was the Sun. I'm not. I don't remember exactly. I think it was one of the Suns or whatever. Yeah. So Toronto FC interviewed Chris Armas, and the other candidates were uh, Vincenzo Montella. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Vieira and Laurent Blanc. Blanc. So I want to get your thoughts on that real quick. Look, to be honest, I think it's okay. I mean, we all know how these international big coaches and doing MLS, they don't do good. They got a whole real system. They got a whole different uh, Tam, Gam, Bam, thank you, ma'am, whatever. I don't know. They got all this kind of stuff going on. Right. They don't know the ins and outs of MLS. Right. Greg Vanny was relatively unknown to Toronto FC when he came. Right. And the same thing happened. See, this thing in Toronto, we're so negative. It's like, oh, you know, but you understand it can't get as bad as it did when like if you've been following the team since the beginning, it cannot get that bad. Like that was horrible. Like if we were on promotion relegation, we would have been bankrupt by now <laughs> we would have been like in the you know d league okay so if he's going to come in and i heard he prays you know there's gonna be it's gonna be different he plays more high pressing more recover the ball faster legs 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 you know and um the gentleman you had on he's gonna say well why does people like nelson sit on the bench well now with greg armis you're not gonna see him on the bench Right, you're gonna see him. You're, they're gonna play these used guys because I don't think like a Michael Bradley or a Joey Zaltador is gonna run their butt off for 70 minutes and play a high press. Right, so I kind of like what the coaches. Yes, would it be? I mean, yes, we are one of those big cities that's you know, star for the stars. You know, it'd be nice to have a bougie, Montella. Yeah, sure. It's bougie, right? But I yeah. mean, I mean, uh, I mean, we could have Mo Johnson back. <laughs> <laughs> right, we can have John Carver back. I mean, like it's not that bad. Like it's you know, like uh, you know, you gotta understand that MLS is not you know, like it's you you're not gonna go and pay you know, you're not gonna pay a coach the way Interpace uh, Interpace Conte. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. Here, right. And I mean, these coaches that come in, like Montana, never they want full control. And Chris Armas does not have full control. He's the coach. He's not the technical director, which in terms means. That this is Ali's team. This is Ali Curtis's team. So he's going to buy the players that he thinks. He's going to consult with Garmas, but in the end, it's going to be his decision on how much we want to spend. So I don't, I don't think we're going to see another Javinko type player on TFC for a while. I think we're going to go younger. I think we're going to probably go uh, more uh, South American, maybe more Central American. Find one of those, uh, you know, diamonds in the rough in Honduras that are young that can play us system that uh, Armas wants to play and I think I think I think is it is it a good move like I said we don't know because we haven't given him a shot yet yeah but is it a safe move definitely it's definitely a safe move there's yeah. no like and I mean you could bring over Vincenzo Vontella and he goes what do you mean I have to this guy has to go through the draft process if I want to grab someone from Europe but he's already played for LA he's got to go through the draft system what is this draft system? He doesn't understand that stuff. So Chris Armas, you know, and he did really well with New York Red Bulls. So imagine now with the MLS Bucks. Yeah. 
see well, what happens. So I don't think it's I don't think it's bad. I think it's a very safe move. I think it's a very smart move. I think um, a lot of times uh, you, you, the, the, you we got we got to understand the seven days are over. They're gone. They're gone. It was nice. Should we have we won a lot? Should we have won more? Absolutely. But they're gone. There's nothing you can do about it. And I mean. To be honest, most of the people that are all upset about Seba is because they only joined T. They only started watching TFC when it was just Seba. Nobody remembers the dark years where you know the players would, they, you know, our own players would say, "Oh, we started 0-9. We're the worst team in the world," and that's our <laughs> own players saying that. Yeah. You know, you weren't there for that. You weren't there for those dark periods of times where you're up to nothing and they score three goals on you in the 89th minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think days, I think it's a, I think it's yes, the good old days. Those are those are the beer whipping days. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I think uh, I think it's gonna be okay. I think it's okay. I think uh, are we going? Christian, what do you think about it? until Net comes back? Ah, uh, it's a safe move. It, it, it's a safe move because the MLS is so complicated. They have the draft system. Nick's right. They have the draft system. They have trades. Like it's so. It's very North American. It runs like the NHL or like the NBA. It doesn't run like a European league. So for a team, for coaches like Patrick Vieira, Laurent Blanc, Vincenzo Montella, it would be quite a, quite a learning curve for them. Uh, the only benefit that Thierry Henry has with Montreal, because everyone's like, oh, Thierry Henry is a he's a European player or a European coach that's in there. Thierry Henry played for the New York Red Bulls, so Thierry Henry knows the Major League Soccer. He knows how the system runs. He knows what he has to do to recruit players. He knows what he has to do to build a system. He knows how to. He knows what playoffs means. He knows what the MLS Open Cup is. What the MLS playoffs, MLS Cup. It's a totally different animal here for MLS. So it's it's very American league. So you need it. Chris Armas is a guy that understands the league. He did really well with the New York Red Bulls, and uh, I think it was a good move. Uh, to be honest with you, it was a really good move from Toronto FC, and uh, you're going to see a lot of uh, North American talent playing on this team. Uh, hope to see uh, hope to see uh, some real uh, some real young talent from the academy playing up with uh, with TFC this year. And I think Chris Armas is the guy to bring them all in. Yeah, I agree. He looks like a low risk signing. Really, yeah. they're in a rebuild, right? So. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, They're in a rebuild. To worry about. I don't yeah. know what happened to Nick. I think we lost him. I think he said his uh, his battery was low on his computer. So. Ah, true. Yeah. But uh, we're sorry to cut it short, Nick. But uh, we thank you for uh, for joining us today. <laughs> no, no grand finale for Nick. That's it. He's gone. <laughs> That's it's, it. No, no, okay. no, no, but you know what? It was it was a great. It feels it was an awesome awesome run with Nick. Uh, we had a great time with him. That's like and... almost sputtering at the <laughs> sputtering at the end. <laughs> You're terrible. Um, but we really enjoyed having Nick on. Um, sorry to have to cut it short, Nick. Um, and uh, for all our fans that enjoyed Nick, he will be on more frequently with us. Um, and uh, we're excited to have him on Tifosi Football Radio with us. And uh, wanted to uh, thank you all for listening to this special podcast. Obviously, it's a little different now, now that the government of Ontario has mandated a stay-at-home order for COVID-19. This is how we have to run our run our podcast. Uh, we hope it doesn't deter you from listening to us because we love doing this. We love listening to your questions, love talking about topics that you that you suggest to us. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Tifosi. Follow us on Instagram, Tifosi underscore football underscore radio. Follow us on Facebook. Send us an email, tifosifootballradio at gmail.com. And uh, for those of you uh, that are interested in everything that we did with Dave Simpson, uh, we got some real cool 
podcast episodes coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks, talking about Canadian soccer uh, with some special guests. And uh, there we really he is. Hope there to, uh, he is. Oh, back. I gotta plug in the battery, boys. My God. <laughs> oh, there he's back. All right. <laughs> just saying. We're just ending our podcast. Just wanted to thank you for joining us today. And uh, we look forward to having you on more often because. Uh, oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate that. I had a lot of good fun. Awesome. You know? Yeah. Well, this fun. place will all shut down when Crotoni doesn't get relegated <laughs> and then we'll go bankrupt, but that's okay. Yeah. Until next time, guys, uh, this is uh, Christian Giuliano or Nick saying ciao, ragazzi. Oh, oh. boy. Thank you. Thank you.